0: Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we're going to talk magic slang, uh, some format stuff maybe, and just odds and ends. So uh, yeah, that should be good, right?
1: I hope everyone's like kind of digging this series. It's important for new players to know this stuff. And also it's kind of important for like even seasoned players to, you know, get refreshed or, you know, maybe you pick up something new. That's obviously ideal that you're not just, you know, rehashing the same content over and over again and you learn something from it. But as we get back into stores, I think communities are going to need to rebuild. And hopefully you guys can be part of, you know, rebuilding your stores communities and you can use some of this content to you know, help some new players out. So it's nice to have a refresher sometimes. Where, you know, maybe we're going to talk about slang today, magic slang. So maybe you already know what a bear is, but if you're playing a game of limited and you say I'm going to play a bear and your opponent looks at you weird, it's a good opportunity to remind you that you know maybe not everybody uses the same slang, and not that you can't use it, but just to uh, you know explain it to somebody, teach them, use it yeah. as a learning tool.
0: And and a lot um, of you were newer to the game, were learning all of this stuff, and then we all got banished to the shadow realm. and right, able to, so you got to start like, all over. Like, yeah, yeah you're not like, I, don't, I hope you weren't looking at your laptop being like, I summoned bear, <laughs> like <Right. laughs> stuff like that, like practicing your slang, <laughs> significant others looking at you like, what is wrong with you? I think you're broken. Yeah. It's like I am. Yeah. I've not gone outside in months. So if there's anything that you think we missed or you want to get at us about, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod.
1: Yeah, if there's specific slang that you want us to uh, to cover real quick, you can hit us up on Facebook at MTG, or in our email, show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. Also, if you guys... Uh, have any ideas for the rest of the series, uh, things you want cleared up or explained or content that you wish you knew when you were a new player or content that you are hoping new players will learn before they get into the store. You can hit us up with all that stuff also. Um, if you're looking to pick up any singles, as usual, please use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com anything you purchase after following that link into TCG player will help keep the show going. We get a percentage of that, to, you know, fund the show. If you want to help us out a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG, uh, throw a couple bucks boxes in the pot. You get used, you get uh, access to our show notes before the show goes live. You get a sneak peek about what we're talking about. You also get our pre-show, which is just kind of us catching up a little bit. We don't, get to talk nearly as much as we used to. So we kind of use the hour or so before the show starts to get caught up with each other. Um, Also make sure our mics are working and nothing sounds weird. In addition, this, especially this summer and like the last couple episodes, we're not going to talk about a whole lot of newsy stuff. Um, We're really going to concentrate on this playing in paper series. We've had some pretty good feedback about it already. People seem to be liking it. And we want to give people like a resource to use to, you know, help new players out. We're kind of pushing this out to stores so they can use it as a tool to help uh, get players into the game. So we're really going to be concentrating on this stuff this summer. Um, So some of the newsy stuff we're talking about a little bit in the pre-show that the patrons have access to. We really don't mean to put, you know, things behind a paywall, but unfortunately that's kind of what's happening. So... We would appreciate it if you'd help us out, but also, you know, come check out the typical newsy stuff that we normally do over in uh, over in our Patreon. We are going to do a Forgotten Realm set episode next week, I believe. So you will have some like new fresh content there. But spoiler alert: I'm not super stoked for this set, so <laughs> uh, don't expect me to be all sunshines and rainbows when we when we go over this stuff because I am not digging it.
0: No, 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 we. We we spent a large portion of the pre-show being like, why are they doing this stuff? This is earth. yeah,
1: I don't know. And like, I don't mean to take away from you know any of you guys that are really into it because I know that there's like a lot of really hyped people. I know for a fact there's a lot of really hyped people about this set. Uh, people that you know are big D D players and are excited to see it in a game. And like, if that's your thing, that's fine. It's just really, really not for me. And uh, I'm gonna have a hard time getting excited about it. I think.
0: Yeah. All right, so what have we talked about thus far? So we've gone over in the last few weeks the pros and cons and different ways to play in paper mm-hmm. uh, or to play, I guess, paper, arena, Magic Online, yep. all that kind of stuff. And then last week, we kind of, as I put on the, on the tweet when I sent it out, we got you, like, from your house mm-hmm. to registered for your event.
1: More or less. More or less, right?
0: We got you. We told you what you needed to bring. We told you how to find where to go. Yeah, some things to look out for. Yeah, so we got you kind of from your house, like registered for your tournament. Yep. And this week, one of the things we want to go over is now you're in your tournament and you're interacting with your opponent. And they are going to say weird combinations of letters (laughs) that may or may not make sense.
1: Yeah some strange words that magic players use. We can, we can call this the bleep that magic players say.
0: Yes. Uh, so I was working, I was workshopping the, uh, the show idea, uh, the show title. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I just, I just finished off. What'd you oh, talk about yeah, wizard? It's
1: pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> so, so there And we, we, we have
1: ha- a show, show name.
0: We have a show name. So yeah. we're going to go over some magic shorthand. A lot of it comes from, Like early magic cards, yeah, early magic cards and effects that like have just kind of become like second nature Mm -hmm. to like all magic players. Yep, so we're gonna start off with the one near and dear to your heart.
1: Yeah, it's Bolt. Uh, Bolt is dealing three damage to something, and it gets its name from the card Lightning Bolt way back in the beginning of magic. So there's like bolt the bird, bolt the dork, bolt your face. Just means deal three damage to something. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to come from the card lightning bolt. Like a lot of times I'll cast a lightning strike and say bolt you or uh, skewer the critics and say bolt you. Um, yeah. But that's, that's where that comes from.
0: So it's specifically bolt the bird on here. So bolt the bird um, comes from like it used to be when people would play a Birds of Paradise. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to kill the mana accelerate. So you bolt the bird or you bolt their elf or yep. whatever. Kill
1: on site.
0: So like people tried. I don't think it took off with the MDFC lands that deal mm-hmm. three uh that you lose three life. Yeah. When they the column bolt, bolt lands. I don't know if we I don't know if that took off. I don't think it did. People tried. So we have Shock, which is Bolt's little cousin, which right. is it deals two damage to something. Again yep. comes from the card shock mm-hmm. this one did take off, and it took off for shock lands as well so yeah. the 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 lands from the Ravnica block that they can come into play untapped if you have them deal if you lose two life. so if yep. you shock yourself, you can have it come into play untapped.
1: yep. I had mentioned this one a minute ago, uh but it's Dork. Dork is like Mana Dork it's any sort of like one mana accelerant, a small creature that you use to kind of ramp on mana is a dork.
0: Yeah. So like the one you see the most on like arena is either Lana war elves or yeah. uh Gilda goose. Yep. Or I think of the most common one mana ones, I guess I, I've seen a lot of, uh, oh gosh, heritage druids, which is like super dork, but
1: yeah, that, um, is it just sentinel?
0: Yes, it's like a I've weird I've also dork.
1: seen quite a bit. Well, I've seen yeah. that quite a bit also. Yes, so.
0: yes, it does show up a lot. It's yeah. weird because
1: that card's so bad.
0: <laughs> I think that the elves that just desperately need another one mana elf. Yeah, they do. So, like, the the, the games where they go, like, a Sentinel into, like, Elvish Warcaller. Yeah. And then they tap the Warcaller and they play another one drop. Yeah. Like, those are just so much better. Mm-hmm. So just like why it's there all right so wrath the the bane of elves decks is any effect that destroys all creatures so this comes from wrath of god which is currently in historic it is and uh so like day of judgment is like the exact same card except for it doesn't say you bury which bury was dies and can't be regenerated like Correct. Day of Judgment just says like destroy all creatures.
1: Destroy all creatures. So yeah, same thing with damnation, destroy all creatures. Yeah, so it's actually th- I think damnation they can't be regenerated either.
0: They might not be. It might just be like a, a clean yeah. reprint of
1: Yeah, I think it's just a color shift.
0: Yeah, of Wrath of God. So you like any effect that does this, or like so it's like, oh, they wrath my board. Even if they yeah. cast like a Sweltering Suns or an Anger of the Gods or something. Like
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, anything your- that just like sweeps up the board. It's a term for sweepers. Yeah. Which I guess isn't on here also, but they're kind of interchangeable wrath, sweeper.
0: Yeah, cuz it sweeps everything into the trash can. Yep. Next, uh,
1: next up we have mill. Um this was actually keyworded, but it wasn't when I initially like wrote these notes forever ago. So it's kind of weird that this one was slang that is now no longer slang. Uh, but mill is to remove cards from the top of your library. Um, sometimes they go to exile. Sometimes they go to the graveyard. But as long as you're like removing them from your library, that's mill. And it comes from the card millstone, which was way back in antiquities. I think.
0: I think. And yeah. as much as we may complain about Teferi as the win con for control decks, it used to be, they just played millstone and just ran you out of cards.
1: Yeah, what a miserable... Did you ever get to play against the deck?
0: Um, I probably did, or some version of it, like back in the in the like yeah. hallway of my yeah. high school, but I don't think we ever had a list tune that much. I, I was more on the Kaldorian Outpost plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, I, that's I have certainly magic. played
1: against some version of the deck in my time. Okay. Actually, it's funny. I don't know if I had told you this or not, but I came across a guy that I used to play magic with when I was in high school, like owns a game store in my hometown now. Okay. And he was the one that used to play, you know, the blue white control, like hard control deck, like way back in 94, 95, nice. whenever that was. Yeah.
0: All right. So we already talked about this one in the pre-show a little bit. Bear. It's a yeah. two minute two two. That's it. That's it. And it comes from grizzly bear. Now the term bear, Bear has gotten memified, yeah, memified, expanded a little bit. Like, typically, it's just a two mana vanilla tutu. Like vanilla meaning like has no like keywords on it, Mm -hmm. right? But I think they really stopped printing two mana creatures that didn't have don't have keywords on them.
1: Yeah, now, I, like, the bare minimum, you get a, a bare minimum. You see what I did there?
0: Yeah, it's very good.
1: <laughs> the bare minimum, you get's like, a two-mana 2-2 two, two with, like, Vigilance or something. Yeah, he's got to say Vigilance or,
0: like, Life Link when it's your turn or some some crap, right? Yeah. But, basically, all two-mana 2, mana two twos get lumped into, like, the bear category.
1: Yeah. In the same vein, we also have Squire, which is a two-mana 1-2. And comes from the card Squire.
0: Yeah, card's not very good now. I don't think it was ever good. Very
1: bad. Yeah, it wasn't ever good.
0: Okay. Ping is the ability to deal one damage to something somehow some way. From a creature activation from a Planeswalker activation whatever.
1: Typically it's something that's repeatable as well. Yeah. Um, Like you can do it every turn or like something triggers it multiple times. That's a ping. Whereas it lava dart just like that's what the spell does
0: is just one damage right yeah no one ever says like ping your thing when you when you get lava darted
1: right um because like ping is usually an ability of something it's not typically a spell
0: yeah so i think that like gosh i feel like like we came to some of this slang like 20 years ago on accident Mm -hmm. right like because i could remember maybe you know 25 years ago now right like I feel like I said, like, I'll ping your thing with, like, a prodigal sorcerer, like, in the hallway Tim. of my high school. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. maybe it's just something that, like, we just all came to.
1: Yeah. I don't, like, I know, I know Tim came from uh Monty
0: Python skit, I think. Yeah.
1: But I don't remember where ping came from.
0: Yeah, but it might have just been something that, like, felt like it made sense to us back in the day. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to ping that. Yeah. And then it just <coughs> stuck. I mean... Hey, like, the magic community worked hard enough when we got mill as a keyword. Some of these might be, um, you know, uh, might get there at some point. Maybe. Couldn't you see, like, tap ping target creature? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Ping any target?
0: Yeah, ping any target. Yeah. All right, next up, what do we got?
1: Wheel. So this is in, like, wheel effect. Um, It's to discard your hand and draw like depending on the card, like the amount of draw varies. Uh, But this comes from wheel of fortune, a card way back from alpha that was two and a red. All players discard their hand and draw seven cards. So that's a wheel where you take your hand, you discard it. I guess technically you could do other things with it too, but whenever you get rid of your hand and draw, you know, cards back to fill your hand up is a a wheel effect.
0: So, Fun fact: I had to I had to make sure I had my uh my facts right because I've heard different things. Speaking of mm-hmm. Wheel of Fortune, mm-hmm. do you know where Vanna White's from?
1: Yeah, she's from North Myrtle Beach.
0: She is. Yeah, I did like, know that.
1: You know, she... do you know how I know that.
0: I don't know, did you work on her
1: car? No. Well so, my wife works at Chicos, and when yeah, we okay. first moved down here, um, my wife was an assistant manager at the Chicos in Barefoot Landing up in North Myrtle, and like. I think it was the first month we were down here. My wife came home one night and said, you'll never guess who was in my
0: store today. And it was Vanna White. Making it rain with that letter money. Yeah. I want one pair of every pair of pants. Let's go. Chop, chop. (laughs) Vanna White. All right. Vanna White. There we go. There's our Wheel of Fortune (laughs) aside. Yeah, that was weird. Hey. Random
1: information you get in the middle of the
0: podcast. Hey, we're going <laughs> to keep it light. All right. So yeah, that's fitting. Um, loot is when you draw, then discard. So I Specifically think. Specifically in that order. Yes. And I think it comes originally from Merfolk Looter. Yeah. And then we have a, probably the most famous version is Faithless Looting. Right. Right, like they missed an opportunity with careful study. Like, I guess they hadn't like figured out the uh, the naming convention because <laughs> yeah. it could be just it could have been just like careful looting, and then you'd have faithless looting Ooh. later on. <laughs> with Murfolk yeah, looter in there, careful somewhere.
1: looting doesn't sound nearly as uh as interesting as faithless looting.
0: Yeah, or like looting studies. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and loot is usually the more powerful of the ways to like get cards and then discard cards, right? To like Mm kind of cycle cards through your hand because you're getting more information, right? You see the cards first and you make your decision as to what goes to the graveyard.
1: Yeah. So you can bin the card that you draw. Yeah. Like if it's no, if the cards in your hand are better than whatever
0: you draw, you can put whatever you draw in the graveyard. Yes. So it's the other way of doing this.
1: Uh, That would be rummage. And this is the other way around. It's you discard first, then you draw. So a lot of red stuff gets rummage and a lot of blue stuff gets looting. Um, That's kind of like how one of the ways they differentiate between the two. In general scenarios, rummaging is worse than looting for the reasons we just discussed. You can't, if you discard first, then draw, you can't bin the card that you just drew. And also, a lot of times for the rummage the discard is a cost so you can't even like just do the thing
0: yeah so like
1: like if there's no card in your hand
0: yeah so it comes from rummaging goblin and that's like is it like tap or is it two and a red and you discard a card it's like you discard a card then you draw a card so discarding is part of the cost so like cathartic reunion you have more risk because as part of casting the spell you have to put two cards in your graveyard right the casting cost is one and a red plus discard two cards mm-hmm. which you know in dredge you'd rather have those cards in the graveyard so you, know, you want right. them there first so you can dredge but yep. it does open you up to more risk a lot of times mm-hmm. which they fix and with like thrilling possibility yeah
1: um a lot of times rummaging like specifically for dredge is better anyway, because then you can dredge the card that you just discarded, whereas yeah. when you loot, you can't because it works the other way around.
0: Yeah, so it depends, but in most cases, you'd rather loot than rummage.
1: Right, unless right, like, you're specifically dredge.
0: Yeah, like if you were in a, in a draft, and there was like one in the red, discard two, draw two, and then one in the red, draw two, discard two, you'd yeah. rather take the second one
1: hundred percent of the time
0: all right so bounce is when you return something to hand you bounce it off the battlefield and into their into their hand this probably could have been called boomerang but
1: yeah I was just gonna say I don't know why like this this ended up as bounce instead of boomerang probably because yeah. boomerang's harder to say
0: probably yeah it's like i'm gonna so boomer- it's just bounce I'm gonna boomer No, I'm just gonna bounce it it's like okay yeah. cool
1: <laughs> okay boomer
0: yeah, there we go. Okay, boomer. That's right. I can't. Yep. I can't say. I can't say boomerang. So I gotta say <laughs> bounce.
1: Uh, next up, we have crack, and this <laughs> crack is a. <laughs> this is a term referring to things that self-sacrifice, um, specifically fetch lands. Like in modern, um, you crack your fetch land. You can crack an evolving wild it's the same way. Where you it sacrifices to itself and then you like get an effect out of it. Uh, can you think of anything else that you crack?
0: You, you will like crack a torment script. You'll, you can. Uh, any anything like that? Like okay, I'll crack my torment script or yep. uh, uh, relic. Or sometimes uh, yep. sometimes crack gets also moved uh, together with pop. Like yeah. I'll pop my torment script. I'll pop my yeah, relic. but you don't
1: like. You don't pop a fetch land though. You don't pop a fetch
0: land. This is true. Yeah. Like I think a lot of artifacts that have a cost sometimes get popped. They yeah. don't always get cracked, but like lands yep. always get cracked. Like fetch lands. Yeah, that's weird. Get cracked. I hadn't
1: actually thought of that until just now. And pop's not on here, but yeah, pop is. Or blow. Like you blow. can blow something up too.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll I'll blow my relic here or whatever. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of sling, man. And I'm sure there it's like, a lot of slang. I'm sure it's regional. I'm sure if we played like magic in California, we'd hear some like different slang than's over here. But I'm sure like with the internet, it started to like homogenize.
1: Yeah. So in our pre-show today, we talked about a version of this next card. That's yeah. uh, an egg. Egg is typically an artifact that doesn't have a whole lot of things that it does, but either when it enters the battlefield or when it dies, it will draw you a card. So it's just an
0: artifact that exists and draws you a card. Um, this next card, or next type of card or word, came up in the pre-show. Yeah. And so far it's been a failure, and that's cantrip. So it's yeah, a, a cantrip? Che- it's a cheap spell that draws you a card. And this is a, yep. I learned the first time we did this show, it's a and d reference to like one of the earliest spells like a wizard learns. Yep. Because like yeah, cantrip.
1: Simple yeah. spell doesn't really have much effect. Yeah, but um,
0: yeah, cantrips it's like, oh, it just draws you a card. Now yep. we've learned over the years that like one mana draw card is busted.
1: Yeah, very, very good to it.
0: But so far in the D&D theme set, they haven't printed a card called cantrip.
1: Which is probably for
0: the best. I don't know, like but- you could make it bad opt, like just like blue sorcery. Like draw a card, yeah. But
1: like at that point, I mean, I guess it fits with the whole rest of the set. But at that point, you're just you're just making a bad card for the sake of making a bad card.
0: I mean, isn't that like half the cards in the set? Yeah, it is. It's like, oh, let's we have to have a card that says these words from D and D on it.
1: Make a hamster.
0: Make a hamster. People like boo. We need to give them boo. Yeah. Like okay, I have no idea. Yeah. So. Whatever. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, you can t- you can tell that like we are hyped for the D and D set.
1: Yeah. This product for us. Um, I-, I did not say that. I'm pretty sure I said this product is not for me.
0: <laughs> I-, I was hoping they got my sarcasm. Uh, unlike unlike wizards, I was trying to show not tell. Just, yeah. I was trusting my ad- audience to be smart enough to, like, get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> Where Wizards is like, this is a and d card. Look, we put the D&D words on it.
1: Yeah, the words, it's right on the card. It's, right it's it. in italics, so you have to see it.
0: Yeah. All right, yeah. We're
1: Say, we're, say it. When you, when you do the thing, you have to say it.
0: You have to say it or it doesn't work. Yeah. Could we, oh, did you ever, more random tangents. Do you ever see, like, the video of, like, the, the LARP guy? I think I've shown it to you. Where he's just like throwing, like he's a LARPing wizard and he's just magic throwing missile, like, Magic like... missile. Magic no, he's missile, magic missile. Like, yeah, but he's like, Lightning bolt, lightning bolt. You just have to like. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, My Lightning bolt. Yeah. So there we go. So whatever. You... <laughs> magic missile, magic missile. You just have to do that every time or it doesn't work, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we got a little off track. I'll p- I'll take this one and get us back on track. Blink right. or flicker. Okay. It's to like exile something and return it to play. Yeah. Blink is from momentary blink. Mm -hmm. Which is it exiles and then immediately comes back. So it just lets you recycle your ETB trigger or like make it so it's a new game object. So if it's being targeted by a removal spell, you can blink your creature and it goes away. Flicker is similar, but I think sometimes they get like interchanged. But I think Flicker is usually something that's like a longer term. Time in yeah. exile because like flicker wisp it goes away till the end of the next turn. Yep. So.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do believe that that is the difference between the two, um, and that is definitely where the two terms come from. But I also know people that tend to use them interchangeably. Yeah. So your mileage may vary there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up we have chump, as in like a chump block. Chump blocking is like throwing somebody under the bus. You'd throw a creature in front of an attacker that you know is going to die just to soak up some damage. Um, yeah, imagine, typically, imagine it's you, not a great situation to be in, so you, you're chump block.
0: Imagine you had a 10-10, 20 haste guy. Just put a 1-1 one, one in front of him, <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, I'm stopping. Can't, can't, can't get, get past me, that. Can't get past that, we're good. Yeah. Right. Oftentimes you're a does...
1: human from uh, Love Struck Beast. gets yeah. in his way
0: yeah usually it is something that is like usually end up chumping something that's like really big like oh man this is a 10 10 i just have to throw something in front of it so it's something of like low value or you're like oh if this 2-2 connects i die i guess i have to put my one two in front of it yep so those are kind of the two like reasons you end up chump blocking
1: yeah, it, and it like it used to be the case that chump blocking happened a lot more in limited than in constructed play. Um it's not a great situation to be in when you're having a chump block and like that sort of combat seemed to happen more often in limited whereas like nowadays I think it happens pretty regularly like across formats.
0: Yeah. Because things get real big real fast. Yeah. A mana sink Mm-hmm. Is a place to spend extra mana so it doesn't go to waste. So this is oftentimes like for limited, it ends up being a lot of times like big activated a big ability. So like a lot of sets will have like Invokers are yeah. usually the card type where it's like, hey, I'm like a I'm a bear, right? I right. Have two mana, two two, but I also happen to have like eight and a green target creature gets plus three, plus three, and trample. Yeah. And so it's so that late in the game, you can just be like, oh, I have nine mana windshield wiper tap. Just take everything and turn it sideways <laughs> and like just take your forearm and just er, tap them yep. all. And then you can activate that ability Right where yep. like if you di- didn't have that ability, you would just be like, oh, I have nothing to do with my mana this turn. I yep. drew my ninth land. There's nothing for me to do. This gives you a place to put your mana.
1: Yep, Just a place to store mana. Um, whether it's like you said an activated ability sometimes we get like actual like things that store mana like uh what was that one we had in origins like majoring network or something oh yeah where like if you had extra mana at the end of your turn you could just like put charge counters on this thing and store your mana up sometimes it's like other abilities maybe not necessarily you know nine mana worth for you know, whatever limited creature you're playing, but even something as simple as like scavenging ooze, single green mana to exile something from a graveyard. If it's a creature, it gets a counter and you gain a life. Like if you got a couple green mana left over at the end of your turn, you might as well, you know, start chomping on your opponent's graveyard. Just like on the off chance they have some graveyard shenanigans.
0: Yeah. That it matters.
1: Yep. Right. It's yep. just so a way a to not, thing. it's
0: just a way to not lose Access to your mana because, like, we've talked about like mana spoils. Just because you didn't use your mana this turn doesn't mean you get more mana next turn. So it's just making sure you're always as mana efficient as possible.
1: Yep. Uh, Then we have crackback. So this is when you attack your opponent, and normally it's when you think you're going to kill your opponent. So you attack like with everything, and then, you know, combat trick or fog or something, you don't end up killing them. And they kill you on their next turn because all your creatures are tapped. So you crack in, and then they crack back and kill you.
0: Pump is to uh, make a creature bigger somehow, like with a pump spell, right? You pump them up, you pump with the power, you pump the toughness. Yep. Right. Uh, so it's a spell. It can be an activated ability or whatever. But it's just some way to make your creature bigger.
1: Yep, like you said, spells, activated abilities, um, plus one, plus one counters. Whatever it is, just makes a creature bigger. Normally, like it's not super popular on bigger creatures. Normally you use like pump up my elf or whatever. Like the small guys tend to get pumped up. Not so much the big guys, but yeah, that's that's what pump is. Yep. Then we have, actually, I may have said this a minute ago when I was talking about attacking, but uh, we have swing. Uh, swing is just attacking. Like I'm swinging with my dudes. Means the same thing as attacking with my dudes.
0: Yep. tuck feels like a relatively new one right like yeah yeah like way back in the day i don't remember us ever tucking things so tucking is when you put a creature or a permanent into its owner's library yeah uh recently Um, it's been there's been a lot of cards have been templated put this card Two from the top, three from the top, or whatever. Yeah,
1: some number of cards, like in a specific place in your library.
0: Yeah.
1: I think probably the most popular that people are, like, familiar with is the Teferi Tuck, where you put a card, it's a third from the top. Yeah. Most yeah I really don't remember a... any, like, old cards.
0: Yeah. Most most popular is an interesting uh, phrase for the Teferi Tuck. Well, the most popular. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> is, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so most common, like yes. the one that I think people would recognize is
0: yeah, that's a fairy in Books, books. Yeah, card, yep. yep. In the last format.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of liked that card too. That card, yeah, that card was me really well. good.
0: Uh, oh, like, speaking
1: of which, we should have new emails soon, right?
0: New emails? Oh yeah, yeah about wizards to play. telling us
1: like what we drafted. Yeah. I drifted a lot of copies of that card.
0: Yeah, buried in books was great. Like, oh, you made a ten ten token? No, you didn't. Yeah, no, you Sweet. didn't. Wait,
1: <laughs> tuck that.
0: Yeah, um, ramp is to get ahead on mana somehow. So often it's with a mana dork, like we talked about before, or yep. a ramp spell. Like, typically this kind of comes from like rampant growth spells. A spell that would let you search your you deck. Get a land. Search your deck for a land and put it onto the battlefield. Yeah. Um, oftentimes they're tapped, sometimes they're not. Cultivate is a ramp spell. Like yep. explore and uh grow spiral. Grow spiral. They are ramp spells, but not in the like traditional way of thinking of ramp spells where it was like I'm going to go pull a land out of my deck and put right. it onto the battlefield. The, they're like ramp only if you have a land in your hand after they resolve.
1: Yeah, I mean, the nice part about those two spells in particular is that like, they let you draw a card, so you have a little bit better chance of having a land in your hand.
0: Or if you already have a land in your hand, it gives you a more yeah. of so an opportunity to draw action. Yeah. Right, because imagine a situation you're on turn two and you have two lands in your hand where you're like, okay, my next land drop's rolled up. Now I'm going to play this spell, and maybe I draw the four drop that I want to play on turn three. Yep. Where... Like a rampant growth, you know you're just getting a land with that card. It's never going to get you your four drop. Mm-hmm. So they're a little different, but pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, ooh, spin. Yeah, this
1: this one's all you, buddy. Spin your favorite thing to do.
0: The wheel, kind of. So it's in basically like kind of doing something to um that is like kind of random mm-hmm. to um to hopefully get an advantage. So, like, sometimes you... Uh, or this sometimes is getting... I've heard the phrase spin it to win it. Yeah. Come up. Where, like, Burning Inquiry, which is one red, You both players draw three, then discard three. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just kind of... You're playing a spell that just kind of is... You're spinning the wheel, right? You're yep. hoping that, like, you discard things for value or that you just improve your hand but you don't have a lot of control over it.
1: Yeah, it kind of refers to a game show where you're you're doing something and hoping that variance is going to be on your side.
0: Yeah, there's also spinning your wheels, which is different. Oh, that is very different. Yeah, spinning your wheels is sometimes taking game actions, or it is like taking game actions that doesn't that don't really advance the board or the yeah, game all. Yeah, they don't do anything. A lot of times, like you'll see like decks with a lot of cantrips will spin their wheels will be like okay I'll cast a cantrip and then next turn I'll yeah. cast two cantrips now next turn I'll cast three tra- cantrips and they've cast all these spells but they haven't like, really it, done anything they haven't done anything they've just spun their wheels yep so yeah very different things very similar slang
1: yep the uh, the next one we have is Ben um, it kind of just refers to the graveyard as a place, like the bin. It's also could be a verb, like I'm going to, you know, sacrifice this guy and bin it, like move him to the bin. Yeah. But kind of just refers to the graveyard.
0: Yeah. Frank lahore often has referred to it as the trash can. The like,
1: trash can, yeah.
0: Put that guy in the trash can. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's
1: a name I haven't heard in a minute. Is he still doing content?
0: The last time I got on Twitch, he had like. Forty views, and I felt bad.
1: Oh, poor guy! I was
0: like, buddy, like, because he used to get like three to five hundred. I don't know if this was like normal, but we had like forty, and I was like, oh no, yeah, Frank, this isn't good. No. So we have the the psychographs, which are the types of player. Mm Hmm. So Um, we have. Yeah. First
1: up, we have Timmy. Timmy's typically like big stompy stuff, big splashy spells, and they're a little bit more casual. I think that's really about I, I, the I only descriptions like, I, I have think for it to like, me.
0: I think that like the, perhaps the stereotype, let's say, of like a commander player. Yeah. is Or at least that's how Wizards designs cards for commander players, is like great big splashy effects it yeah. costs nine mana, but you're gonna play a bunch of. Uh, I don't know if we had this one here, mana rocks, yeah, which are artifacts that make mana. So you're gonna definitely have this nine mana do this great big thing. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of the like the the Timmy is like I think how Wizards views the typical commander player.
1: I think that's probably fair. After that, we have Johnny. Um, a Johnny is a combo player typically like off the beaten path a little bit. There's another word to describe them. That's janky. Um, Janky kind of refers to odd interactions or things that aren't like currently in the meta or are like deep cuts from like a previous standard or previous like other format that like they're bringing into some other format stuff. That's a little bit off the beaten path, but like, in a combo sense, yeah, is so, a Johnny player.
0: Yeah, and, like, Jank is also... Sometimes it's just almost for, like, bad but fun decks.
1: Yeah, yep.
0: Right, so uh for a while, I, I brought up before Saffron Album had his series Meme or Dream. Yeah. Before it was ne- Meme or Dream, it was Jank or Dank.
1: <laughs> I don't but, I think i ever heard of that one, but yeah. Yeah,
0: that was, like, the first two episodes were Jank or Dank. But yeah. then, some other someone was like, Hey, man, I had a web series. It was jank or dank. Can you like not use that name? And uh, then, uh, Amy the Amazonian, she has a series yeah. on CFB called The Jank Tank, right? Where she plays again, like off the beaten path, off meta decks. So, if you yep. hear the term jank, that's what that means. But yeah, the Johnny is your combo player. Mm-hmm. And then we have what we used to be. Back in, that's right. back in our, our, our younger days. Uh, <laughs> the good old spike. The spike. The competitive and win, win at all costs sounds like a murder and people are cheating, but yeah, the to win. Yeah. It yeah. Is, that, like,
1: is, like that. that's the goal is to win. Not so much to have fun, not to do the thing, not to, you know, I mean, obviously I'm playing to have fun, but like it's the more goal fun is to win. win. Yeah.
0: There are some exactly. people, I remember being at a. Gosh, was it a GP in Charlotte? And, like, I was having a bad day. I was at, the, like, the lower tables. It was yeah. my first or second GP. And I it was around Magic Origins. It wasn't my first or second but I hadn't been doing great. And this guy from, like, he was literally at the last table mm-hmm. in, like, round eight. Was just like, Oof. oh, my God, I did it! Yeah. And he pure steel paladin and uh was able to like trigger like oh gosh what is it sphinx's tutelage by like equipping (laughs) something all right but like he was like i did it and was so happy that he was able to like do his johnny combo yeah like he was happy to do his thing the first time he had done it all day
1: all day
0: where a spike is like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to like drop and play side events. This is awful.
1: Yeah, I mean, a spike probably wouldn't be playing that deck event. anyway. Well, yeah, not we... just that deck, but wouldn't be in the event anymore if you're at the last table in round eight.
0: Yeah, it was literally the last table.
1: Yeah. Um, it was the happiest another... I've heard
0: someone in a GP in a long time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> another one that I'm going to kind of throw in here that's not on the list, but is like for love of the game. And that's kind of, when you're playing in a big event and you know you're outside of making the cut, but you play another round anyway, you're basically pay- playing like for no stakes. So the only reason you're playing is because you like the game.
0: All right. So uh, this this next one is one I made up that you can, you can tailor to your locale. Okay. Um, and it was the Carowinds Bracket. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's in the it related to the love of the game, which yeah. is uh, the cut for GP used to be like yeah has have, have to go seven and two, yeah right. And so when you got to like X two, I would say oh you're in the Carowinds bracket because Carowinds is a uh, amusement park just outside of Charlotte, yeah. And once you picked up your third loss. You were safe to drop and just go to Carowinds.
1: Go to Carowinds.
0: <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, I'm in the Carowinds bracket now. Um, yeah. So uh, and then like once you've once you have lost in the Carowinds bracket, that's when you're officially in the love of the game bracket. You're that's just... right. <laughs> so I don't know, like, so if you're at a a GP if those ever exist again in Orlando, you can be yeah. like, yeah, I'm in the Disney bracket right now. <laughs>
1: In the universal bracket. Yeah,
0: but the universal bracket. Like, oh man, I'm in I'm in the universes beyond bracket. Not that. What is Yeah. What is is that what, what is the uh, what is the Star Wars place called? Um It's Hollywood's Hollywood Galaxy's Studios. Edge. Galaxy's I'm in the galaxy's edge bracket. Like whatever yeah, whatever works for you. Like I'm in the six flags bracket. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Whatever it is.
0: Yeah, whatever. You can have some fun as you're like like three two and the wheels are falling off. <laughs> like I've looked at an opponent before like more in the Carowinds bracket, and they've looked at me funny. I'm like, if one of whoever loses gets to go to Carowinds, right? <laughs> and they've been like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that works less well when your opponent's from like Canada. And they're like, what the <laughs> hell are you talking about? Carowinds. What's a
1: Carowinds, eh?
0: What's a Carowinds, eh? Yeah. I drove from Montreal to Charlotte starting last night, and I got here at 8 <laughs> 30 in the morning just in time for the players' meeting. And I was like, oh, You've not slept. I understand why you're 3-2. I have no such excuse. I got a good night's sleep and a hearty breakfast. Uh, All right. So the reserve list. So this was, we've talked about it before in some depth, but it is a list of cards that Wizards, about 24, 25 years ago, said, hey, we're never going to print these cards again. And they maintained it for a few years.
1: I think it was 94.
0: Was it 94? So 27 years? Like, wow. Yeah,
1: it was a long time ago. And they made maintained... it, it. was Chronicles. So whenever Chronicles came yeah, out, I think it was 94. And they maintained that list
0: up until like 2000 or 2001?
1: Uh, well, they added to it until then.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they added to it up until like Exodus, I do believe. Because yeah. I know there's, there's saga cards. There's, it's towards the end, like yep. Exodus and saga. And the, so those cards will never be reprinted. So that is uh, why. Dual lands are a kagilian dollars.
1: Yep. That's why $1000 underground seas exist.
0: Yeah, and $1000 Gaia cradles. Yeah. What's Watsy promised to
1: never reprint them? Cuz we just said so WOTC. What's Watsy? We did. Uh Watsy is the acronym for Wizards of the Coast. W O T C. A lot of times it's easier to say Watsy than Wizards of the Coast. Sometimes you'll also hear people just say Wizards Yes, and that also refers to Wizards of the Coast. Two other ones we have MTGA and MTGO. Um, MTGA is Arena, and MTGO is Magic Online. They're the uh, the two digital clients for Magic.
0: So we have, uh, particularly on Arena, you have Bo1, which is best of one, yep. or BO3, and Bo3, best of three. Yep,
1: yep. shorthand. Um, I don't think really any magic gets played in paper. Best of one. Wizards tried to push that for a minute, but I don't I don't think anybody ever actually did it. So basically all paper magic is best of three.
0: Yeah. Also, like I don't think actual humans say the word They say B O one and B 3 I think that's almost yeah, it's just, typically like a, just a typing thing. Out. Yeah. So we have going wide versus going tall. Going wide yeah. refers to a bunch of little things. Mm-hmm. And going, is going tall, tall is
1: like one big thing. yeah, these like weren't actually on our original version of this show When we did it. they were in like a different section and there's there's kind of more to both of these than we're gonna provide here, but I figure that it's worth including in the sling because you will you know occasionally in between rounds, you'll hear somebody talk about their limited deck going wide or whatever. So it's kind of important just to know for slaying, yeah. but just keep in mind that at some point when we start talking about like archetypes and stuff, um, you'll probably hear us delve into these a little bit more.
0: So we have going over versus going under. Going mm-hmm. over is kind of your let's see if I get it right here, your Timmy approach. Right where you're yeah, trying where to you're do, doing the big thing. You're trying to do the big thing and oftentimes it invalidates what your opponent had done previously. So it doesn't matter what they did. You did something so big you went over the top of them and kind of crushed them.
1: Yeah, so like when you emerge an ultimatum and get like all runs epiphany and, you know, whatever else you're getting from your pile and whatever you did that turn is leaps and bounds above whatever your opponent did for the previous four turns. Yeah, you just went way over them.
0: The, the problem is when that happens on like turn four in historic and you're like, yeah, this isn't how things are supposed to be. Yeah. But, but thank you. And then you have going under, which is usually small, aggressive creatures. And you're trying to get your opponent dead before they have a chance to get set up. So you're yeah, going before under they can go def- over you. Yeah. So you, before they can get their defenses set up, you've gone under them with small, less powerful things. But you were able to to beat them before they could, like, stabilize. Right.
1: And the last one we have is tilt. That's when you let, like, a bad play or a mistake or bad luck influence your mood and or your future play. Um, So, like, if you make a play mistake and, like, you know, lose a game because of it, you get tilted. And like it can affect your your next round or whatever. Sometimes you get tilted so bad that you just drop from an event.
0: Yeah, tilt like comes from poker. So you mm-hmm. like hear if you've ever watched like poker coverage, which I think we all did back in the early two thousands. Uh, <laughs> that was the thing to do. Like playing on tilt. Like you know, yeah. something went wrong, and then like you mess up your next two or three hands because you're still d- dwelling on that previous mistake. Right. All right, so we have the color pie.
1: Yeah, this should go pretty quick here. I know a couple times on Discord we have answered this question because people didn't know what the terminology was, and I think we included it in an episode at least once because people were asking about it. So real quick rundown. All of the combinations of colors other than the four color combinations – have, like, official names to them. So uh, we abbreviate the single colors, W for white, U for blue, B for black, R for red, and G for green.
0: Put it all together and you get
1: Wooberg. Wooberg. Yep. That's the the last one. Yeah. So we have 10 color pairs to start with. Um, these are typically named after the guilds from Ravnica, although, like, I guess technically five of them you could name after the schools from Strixhaven, but. Which I hate. Um, which I hate. Yeah, I think most people just call them after their uh, Ravnica names. So the first one we have is Azorius. Um, Azorius is blue-white. And then we have Boros, which is white-red. Demir. Which is blue black, Golgari, which is black green, Gruel, which is red green, is it uh blue red, Orzov, white black, Rakdos, black, red, Selesnia, white, green, and Simic that's blue
0: green. Yeah, so people have like, with Strixhaven out, people have been like, oh, that's a lore hold. Aggro deck is like no, it's Boros. Calm down. Yeah, it's, like it's just Boros. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Just stop. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it is certainly simic instead of Quandrix.
0: Yes, his Quandrix rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Silver Quill. All right. So then we have the the old three color mm-hmm. combination. So these are the shards which now I wish I had a magic card. Here we go. So these are the colors that are beside each other on the back of a magic card. So Bant is white, blue, and green. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh. Esper is white, blue, and black. Grixis is blue, black, and red. And Jund is black, red, and green.
1: Yeah. Um... And I guess,
0: oh, Naya, sorry. Naya is white, red, and green. There we go.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I forgot to talk about that. If you guys look at the back of a magic card, there's like the five colors in the center, like in the shape of a star on the back there. We also didn't talk about allied and enemy color pairs. So five of the color pairs are allies, which are the ones that are next, next to each other, like um, Azorius, Demir, uh, Rakdos, Gruul, and Selesnia. They're allies. They're all next to each other. And then you have the enemies, which are across from each other. So if you look at the bag- back of a magic card, like the white and the red are across from each other. So they're the enemy ones. That's Boros, uh, Orzhov, Simic, and is it? are all enemy enemy pairs. Um, yeah,
0: and Golgari. Going...
1: Yeah, and Golgari. And then going back to what you had just said, where it's the ones that are all next to each other are the shards from Alara, the like five that we just talked about, Bant, Esper, Grixis, John, Naya. Um, they're all on the outside of that star. So it's all of the three that are around the outside. And then you have the wedges from uh, Cons that are all like internal to it. So they're also the ones that are across from each other, but they're internal to that star. So you have Abzon, which is white, black, and green. Jeskai, which is blue, white, and red. Uh, Sultai, that's blue, black, and green. Temur, that's uh, blue, red, and green. And like Sultai and Temur, a lot of times you'll hear referred to as Bug and Rug also because that's literally like the combination of the colors. But that's a lot of times that's older players that call things Bug and Rug because so, for a long time we didn't have names for these.
0: Yeah, so like was it? 2014 is when cons came out and they uh, the, I think it was 15 15 and they got named so they had no names before then so yep. like bug and rug Jess guy forever might have been referred to as like America yep so the the wedges are two allied colors and one enemy color yeah so if you were to connect the dots you would make like a triangle mm-hmm Right. and we, and I already and I ru- already ruined wooberg
1: wooberg yep, yeah, that's five colors, yeah, and All then right. like I said, we don't have names for the four colors, so
0: yeah, hey, the Nephilim called
1: sure no there's no your tiller
0: anything I was gonna say like <laughs> no one no one knows the names of any of the Nephilim, but you got your tiller, which is one of the names I that could not name the them yeah uh, tiller, I don't like, know any of
1: the others. I remember that one though for like, some I, reason. I,
0: I was like, I know that one. So this next thing is coming from kind of an interaction that James had had with a listener. And we want to talk about how set releases work.
1: Yeah, this is something kind of tricky because Wizard seems to be changing it all the time lately. And honestly, when I sat down to write this, like I couldn't tell you how it all works anymore because Wizard seems to be just throwing products at us all of the time. Like, no rhyme or reason. They change the schedules, they change the release dates, and kind of nothing makes sense anymore. So I'm going to do my best to walk you through all this, but it might not matter because Wizards is probably going to change it all anyway. The reason that it's kind of important to know some of this stuff, though, is because it affects format legality, which is a question that I received that I didn't know... Was the question. So like keep that in mind when we're talking about this stuff. Um, This will lead into next, I guess not next week, because next week we're going to be doing our um, Forgotten Realms set review. But the week after, we're going to talk about formats and how these set releases come out, kind of determine what the formats are. So typically like each year, we get three of what they call an expansion set and then one like core set. Um, this year the core set is Forgotten Realms instead of a core set. Traditionally in the past, with a couple exceptions, you basically get a reprint set for your core set where it's like a lot of stuff from different sets that they want in the standard format. And for the most part, stuff that's not like overly complicated. So it's a good point to enter the game at. That really hasn't been the case lately in the core sets, in a lot of circumstances, have had like higher power than the sets around them, which is really weird. Yeah, um, they're not typically set on a plane like the expansions are, and there may or may not be like a coherent story through the set.
0: I was gonna. I say, really don't know how
1: else to like differentiate them. I was
0: gonna say that oftentimes the if you're if you're around an older player, they might refer to the like the non core set sets as expert level sets because that used to be the distinction that they used yeah and then core set was it wasn't the intro set because it was like portal but it Mm -hmm. was like almost like a beginner like intermediate set where it was a place to get you into magic and they were always in the summer at least i think some of the thinking was kids are out of school
1: yeah, give them something to do.
0: Give them something to do, so we'll give them this like easy way to onboard into Magic, mm-hmm. with the um with the core set, and yeah. like I think a lot of individual cards and core sets have been more powerful, but I think that what ends up happening is the limited environment is way easier. Is yeah. A, a lot of times it's just drafting on rails. Yeah. yeah oh, that's so,
1: another piece of terminology that we didn't yeah. explain.
0: Yeah, on rails just means like kind of what it sounds like. You get in a lane or you get kind of get put on a track and you're just sent down that track. You're like, oh, I took like a black card, a black card, and a white card. Okay. Yep. I'm the I'm the black white deck. I'm on these rails. And a lot of times there'll be sets that are designed that don't let you get off those rails. Right. Where you're like, oh, I'm too far deep now, I just have to lock into this and I can't take cards that don't fit in this archetype. You're yep. like locked in an archetype. Yeah.
1: So, so like back to back to the sets. This year's a little bit different. Like I said, we have Forgotten Realms instead of the Core Set as our summer set. And we have two sets this fall instead of one. For Innistrad for whatever reason, we're having two fall sets, which I still don't understand, but um so typically like that is what they refer to as like the standard legal releases are your three expansion sets in your core set, even though this year we have four expansion sets and a not core set. Um, But those are like the normal releases or the standard legal releases. Um, The last thing that I wanted to mention under these like standard legal expansion sets or regular release sets is that these sets change format legality. So when these sets come out, they are added to every format. Um, They are added to Standard, they are added to Pioneer, they're added to Historic, they're added to Modern, they're added to Legacy, they're added to Vintage, they're added to Commander. They're basically added to every constructed format when they come out, which is a little bit different from the next sets that we're going to talk about, which are the ancillary sets. Roundabout, we've been getting like one reprint set and one new set each year. Like uh, this year we got Time Spiral as a reprint set and we got Modern Horizons 2 as like a quasi new set, even though there were some reprints in it. Like last year we got Mystery Boosters and kind of Jumpstart as reprint sets. And we got, what did we get as our new set last year?
0: Hey, Commander Legends called and they they want you to to, to spec them.
1: Yeah. Commander Legends was our
0: new set last year. Yeah.
1: So like these sets are kind of outside of normal release. That's why they call them like ancillary, but they only change some format legalities. They aren't added to um, standard. They aren't added to brawl. They aren't added to pioneer the modern horizons ones specifically are added to modern, but typically these sets wouldn't be added to modern. So that, that's also kind of strange. Yeah, so if but, it's a
0: Modern Horizons set, it goes into modern, but if it's Commander Legends or Jumpstart, right. it it only impacts Legacy. So unless it has the Modern Horizons branding, right. it uh, doesn't impact modern.
1: Right. There's kind of a distinction that we'll get into um, in our next like portion of this series where there's what they call eternal formats and like non-eternal formats and eternal formats are the ones that like every card ever gets added to. So like legacy and vintage and commander, I guess are eternal formats where no matter where the card was printed, it's always added to that format. And things like modern and pioneer um, are not technically eternal where it's not every card ever.
0: So somewhere, uh, the professor of Tolerian Community College is saying, Popper's an Eternal format.
1: Oh, Popper is an Eternal format. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah so you are, you are is, correct.
0: Is Commons printed anywhere except for the ones that are totally busted, which there's like right. two every two every ancillary set.
1: <laughs> it seems that way. Yeah. The uh The next section are... Kind of everything that I lumped under pre-cons. And the reason I lumped all of this other stuff under pre-cons is that they are all technically pre-constructed. For the most part, barring like the occasional random card that's thrown in. Anytime you purchase one of these products, you will get the exact same contents. And they're not in like sealed random booster packs. I know technically like Jumpstart is somewhere between like a pre-con and a booster pack. But the pack that you get is random, so that's why I left them in ancillary sets. Uh, Pre-con, like no matter what you buy, it will always be the same contents. Um, So these are things like the commander decks. They've changed the way they do these recently, so I apologize if I'm not 100% correct. But I think currently we get one full set of like regular release commander decks at somewhere between like a 40 and 50 dollar price point that are have more new cards in them and better reprints and are like a big boy commander deck and then alongside the rest of the standard legal releases we get like smaller commander decks that are technically the same size but have like less new cards and less value of reprints and are a little bit easier to grok if you're a newer player and usually we get like one or two of those with like a regular set release yeah, that's the... not tied to the set that the the big set release comes out at
0: yeah so like the the smaller commander decks are typically tied to the plane that is releasing so we well they've have...
1: they've been tying the the regular commander decks to planes also
0: okay. Because, like, yeah. the D&D commanders, uh, Commander decks, those are the little Commander decks?
1: Yeah, we got big Commander decks for Strixhaven.
0: Okay. It's yeah. like, I feel like there's, like, a Commander set that comes out, like, all the time.
1: Yeah. They have been coming out with Commander decks, like, for every set release. They'll come out with, like, one or two. And then, like, once a year, they'll come out with, a like, a whole big set of, like, you know the regular release commander decks that last year i think they were all on icoria they were icoria themed commander decks okay and then this year they're strix
0: okay like these are decks that me as a commander player i only look at to see if there's like a busted legacy card is typically how i interact with them but
1: sometimes there's good reprints in them yeah um stuff that sees play but yeah like true name nemesis is an example of a card that like is a staple of the format that you could only get through a commander deck.
0: Uh, We talked in the pre-show Angie's Ravager. Yep. Is it to the commander 2019 pre-con card? I got my two worm coils from buying two Doretti spaghetti. um, Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. So here, uh, more box sets. And this is where we have uh, secret layers uh, slotted in.
1: Yeah. Um, these kind of come out whenever Wizards of the Coast feels like it. Um, they will never change format legality. They were only to get additional copies of a card in circulation. And like I said, they come out whenever Wizards feels like it. There's no set release pattern for them, I don't think. Yeah. They uh, also,
0: they have increased the amount of time that the uh, Secret Layers are available. They started yeah. out with like just a week in like the most recent like six drops or something, or were like are like available for like six weeks or two months or something.
1: Yeah, long way longer time. Yeah. And then these box sets also include like the random products that they've come out with. Like uh last year they had the commander collection green, which was just some green commander cards. We were doing the Planeswalker spell books for a little while, which are just kind of like you know 10 cards we also used to get the from the vaults like they would be in this category um none of these things change format legality either uh none of them i don't believe are new cards i'm pretty sure like all of these box set type things have all been reprints yeah so none of them are changing format legality
0: basically they're just uh you can think of it as skins or just pimped out versions of cards that already exist
1: yep Sometimes they're cheaper ways to obtain a card too. Like if you had bought bitter blossom dream secret Lair, like you you could buy that drop for cheaper than you could bl- buy a bitter blossom for.
0: Oh, so. um, there is one other thing to mention with the box sets. They do on certain occasions change legality. So the walking dead secret Lair put cards mm-hmm. in the legacy and vintage and commander. Oh, and that's that true. They available anywhere else and some of the like Universes Beyond stuff going forward might change Mm -hmm. uh, format legalities as well if they continue to introduce mechanically unique cards, which they've said they're going to do.
1: Yeah, and that's like if they do them as box sets here. I know they have said some of the Universes Beyond stuff is going to be regular set releases too. Like, I think we're supposed to get a whole Lord of the Rings set and the... Was the 40k one just commander decks?
0: I think they're supposed to be commander decks, but I thought they yeah. said for sure there was going to be a secret layer with mechanically unique cards. With yeah, like we're getting
1: um, Stranger Things, right?
0: Oh, yeah, that was it, Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, so... Weird. Yeah, so for the most part, the box sets don't change.
1: Yeah, but... and I guess technically, like we didn't talk about this for the commander decks, but the, the commander decks do change format legality. Even though I have here written that they don't. Um oh. because sometimes they'll downshift rarities in these commander decks to make things common that were only ever uncommon, which impacts pauper.
0: Yeah, and again they are legacy legal.
1: Yep, and vintage. Yeah, if And if, obviously Commander.
0: Yeah, if there is a like you know, like I said, random legacy playable card, they will they will show up from time to time. Yep. Uh remember these next things? Are we still yeah. are we still doing those?
1: Yeah, uh, they just came out with a set.
0: They did? Did yeah. they forget to tell everyone?
1: Well, I mean they didn't it wasn't like just it was a couple months ago.
0: The the Challenger decks.
1: Yeah, Challenger decks.
0: Oh, I do vaguely remember these. They used to come out in like May. Did they come out in May?
1: Yeah, I think they probably did.
0: Yeah, so we didn't
1: talk about them cuz like no at the time nobody was allowed to Play Paper Magic, so Fair. why why come out with standard decks when you can't play standard?
0: Yeah, so these are precons based on archetypes that performed well from a previous, like earlier in that standard. Yeah. Right, so typically it's the stuff that did well in the fall set pro tour mm-hmm. will get turned into almost like a budget version of that deck. Yeah. And then that will become the pre con. So yep. like if it had like four of a rare in it, you might get like two of that rare and then some uncommon that like is sixty percent. Yeah, sixty percent of that rare. Yeah. You're like, oh, this does some of the same stuff. Yep. So
1: and yeah. these also don't change any format legalities.
0: Yeah, they're just basically reprinting cards that are currently in standard. The, usually the big drawback to them is they come out in, you know, March, April, May. And yeah. a lot of the cards will rotate in the fall. Right. So Out of standard. Yeah. So if you have a if, if it's, it's a good entry point to get most of a standard deck, but that standard is only going to be useful for you for like four months. Yep. And could be outmoded by a uh, throne of Eldraine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I remember being like, Oh yeah. We, like the, the blue red one, like Niv's yeah. like one of the most powerful cards in the format. Like you can't yeah. go wrong buying this. Like I can't imagine them printing a like more powerful cards than Niv. And then like no one played Niv anymore. Right. And it was like, oh, oops. Like, I yeah. thought that car was going to be around for like, you know, 18 months. And it was like, eh, I'm here for like, like two more weeks. And then no one's going to cast me again. It's like, yeah. Oh. Let me
1: introduce you to Oko.
0: Yes. Yes. And Elk. Oh, Elk. Yep. Okay. Uh-oh. Oh, I don't need to draw a card. I didn't even get to draw a card off of him. No. Nope. Right. Elk. Yeah. So what is the timing we have to worry about for set releases?
1: So typically we get like a winter standard legal expansion set. We get a spring standard legal expansion set. We get a summer like core set that's standard legal. And we get like a fall fall, fall set that's standard yeah. legal. So it's um, usually
0: roughly like January, early February for the winter. Yep. yep. And then like April... For yeah, for the, the spring, spring set. And then summer is right around now. Uh, yep, late July. June, early July. And then the fall set is usually late September, early October. Is that so, right? Yeah, I, I guess think, that's right. Yeah, it's right around there. Because like if it yeah. comes out now, you get like July to through like all of July, August, September. And yeah. then it's like right at the beginning of beginning. October middle of October is when it comes out something like that so usually
1: for these sets we'll get like two-ish weeks of spoilers and then right after spoilers are done we'll get the digital release on Magic Online and Arena Um, and then the following weekend we will get the pre-release and then the week after that will be the actual release for like card legality wise for these sets when the cards are released online they're legal as soon as they're online but only for online in paper the cards aren't actually legal for play until the actual release which is the week after the pre-release yeah so like which seems D- like all of this needs to change though kind because of. like there aren't paper sets anymore and they didn't used to release things 2 weeks early online
0: yeah, so like the the D set releases online I think this Thursday. Yeah. And like when is the actual set release? It's the fall fo- like is pre release this weekend? No, right? It's the following. No, pre
1: release is next weekend.
0: And then there's release week. So yeah, it's like two weeks of like Yeah. Which, you know, we've talked about before how quickly things get churned through on arena. Like, right. the format, the format will be, be long solved.
1: solved by the time you actually release get physical comes. cards in your hand. Yeah.
0: And I'm assuming the format's just going to be like, play your cards from Eldred. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> Probably.
0: It'll be okay. Just play these cards from Eldred. Like, okay. Yeah. Cool.
1: I definitely don't think they're going to print a better Bone Crusher Giant.
0: No. No, I don't. I don't. But hey, we have Boo, who dies yep. the Bone Crusher Giant.
1: That's right. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was kind of relating this stuff to deck building for formats. Obviously, this is kind of confusing to know what sets are legal where if you don't like have a knowledge of the format. So one of the things you can do is use like a deck building tool to help you build your decks, and that'll kind of guide you a little bit with your format legalities. And there's a couple different ways, or a couple different kinds of tools you can use. Both Scryfall and Gatherer can help you like search for particular cards. Like, say you wanted a card that, I don't know, was a 1-1 with an enters the battlefield effect in green. Like, you could put all of that information that you're looking for into Scryfall or Gatherer, and it would bring up a list of cards that like fit those criteria you can also search for that stuff by format so if you wanted specifically a oh, one mana one one that's green that does something when it enters the better battlefield but you're only looking for modern playable ones you can select modern as a format and it will only show you the ones that are legal and modern um, so that's scryfall and gatherer gatherer is the version that's like wizards approve that wizards like quote unquote maintains scryfall i think most people will agree is just a better version of it
0: it is the it is strangely the free version that no one really gets paid for right uh and it's the better version right yeah
1: um so that can be a good tool when you're looking to like search for new cards for a deck maybe not it might be kind of laborious if you're trying to like turn your collection into a deck because you'd have to type in like each card that you already have to find out where it's legal. But those are two two good resources for deck building. Also, MTG Goldfish, Tapped out both have pretty good decklist building tools that can help you like visualize some of the numbers behind your deck as well as figure out format legalities so you can start to build a deck and say you want it to be pioneer legal. If you put a card in that's not pioneer legal, it'll tell you that that card is not legal. And like I said, both of these will do some of the math, like heavy lifting for you. Like they'll calculate your mana curve. And sometimes they'll, I'm pretty sure that they both have tools for like building a mana base um, and kind of guide you through the process a little bit but they're good ways to visualize like building a deck without having to like dig all the cards out of your collection. Yeah. And then like the third category of tools doesn't really have anything to do with like looking the cards up or determining format legality or like building your actual deck from your collection. But MTG Goldfish and MTG Top 8 kind of compile tournament results from all over the place. And will like feed you top performing deck lists for a given format. So if I want to see like how Modern Horizons is shaking up Modern, I can go over to MTG Goldfish, bring up like the latest four events, and see what all the top performing decks are. So I can kind of see what's in those decks and what cards I might want to be picking up out of these sets.
0: Yeah, I mean, just in Discord this uh, weekend, someone was asking about Urza's Saga. And I was yeah. able to go to MTG Top 8 and look at the last two weeks of of modern results. And yep. it showed what were the 10 most played cards in the format. And yep. I was like, here, here are the most played cards. It might not be a good thing that Urza Saga is among them.
1: <laughs> yeah, for being two weeks old and is in yeah. every deck.
0: And is in every deck, yeah. yeah. So, so that-
1: real, real quick rundown of what we just talked about. That was uh, scryfall.com and I believe it's wizards.gatherer.com for uh, looking up individual cards. That was tapped t-a-p-p-e-d out.com and mtggoldfish.com for the deck building tools and mtggoldfish.com and mtgtop8.com for the deck lists.
0: And then also if you're if you're feeling salty, or this is actually like a real tool. Have you ever uh, heard of a hypergeometric calculator?
1: Uh, I I, ha- I have never visited, but I have heard of.
0: Yes. So you can just like Google hypergeometric calculator and what it'll do is it'll, it'll let you figure out like your odds of uh, something happening in a given sample size. Mm-hmm. So let's say you want to play a collected company deck. You look at six cards. You want, you always want to hit two creatures So you can figure out how many creatures you need to have in your deck to make sure that 95% of the time, if you cast a collected company, you're going to hit two creatures.
1: I think the number is 24.
0: I thought it was like 28 or 32. Maybe you're right. I
1: thought it was 24. I guess 24 seems kind of low.
0: Yeah. Or like if you have a Winota, right? And you look at the top seven cards, how many humans do you have to have? So that's a way for you to instead of like guessing and like playing a bunch of games and so you're like, oh, this doesn't quite feel right. You can be like, I want to hit 85% of the time or 90% of the time. You can figure out how many hits you have to have. You're like, okay, I've got, you know, I, I would have 49 cards left in my deck. I get to look at mm-hmm. seven things. What are my chances of hitting two? And it'll spit out the number. Yep. All right So just another thing. Uh to just another tool that people will use a lot or you'll hear a lot.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good one. I hadn't hadn't even thought about including that one.
0: Alright, so now with all of this, I think you can talk in cool magic uh lingo to your yeah, opponent. Probably. Yeah. And you have an understanding of how sets are released until Watsy goes like we're gonna release twelve cents a year because money <laughs>
1: Yeah, we we really liked how Innistrad went, so we're gonna release two sets for every set, so you can have a set while you're having a set.
0: Yeah, I really, I don't know why. Like, I was thinking of Innistrad as like, oh, this will be like a small, like, hundred and fifty card like vampire set, and then yeah. a small hundred and fifty card werewolf set, but it could just be two three hundred card like full sets.
1: I I mean, why not? Small sets don't sell.
0: It's very true. (laughs) So with all of this, I think we have a podcast.
1: I think we have a show.
0: So if there's anything that you wanted to hear about or you thought we missed or you want to hear us talk about later on, you can tweet at us at Casual Tripod to let us know.
1: Yep. Also, next week is going to be our Forgotten Realms uh, set review episode. I'm not super hyped about it. So instead of me picking out cards that I probably don't care about and don't want to talk about, why don't you guys let me know what you want to hear about and I'll talk about them um, on Facebook at casual tryhard MTG or you can email us show at casual um, If you're looking to pick up any singles, uh, some of the modern horizon stuff has come back to reality. Some stuff, not so much, uh, but if you're looking to pick any of that up, hop on over to tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase from TCG Player, after following that link, we'll get a percentage of to help keep the show going. And don't forget, if you guys want to help us out a little bit more directly, you can throw a couple bucks in the pot over at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Uh, Patrons get early access to show notes. Um, They get access to our pre-show stuff which probably for most of the rest of the summer is going to include our like typical magic newsies while we're kind of churning through this playing and paper series. So if you want access to that, uh, hop on over to patreoncom casualtryhardmtg. Uh also, I forgot to mention in the intro that we have a Discord and that's probably the best way I have to interact with you guys short of recording the show. If you want to talk to me directly, that's probably the best way to do it. I answer a whole bunch of questions on there. We have you know, pretty good conversations. There should be a link in the description. There's a link on all of our social media. If you can't get in there through the link, let me know, and I will send you a link to invite you on in. You got anything else?
0: Nope. So with that, we will catch you at FNM.
1: We'll catch you at FNM.